So as you know, basketball preseason just started, and the regular season begins in a few days. Even though it's just a preseason, there's a lot to cover before the season actually begins. However, this week's show will focus on the Western Conference and the games of the Philadelphia 76ers. The season is upon us, everybody's excited, and Joel Embiid is actually on the court playing to start the year. So it's going to be a good start to the year. This is the Big Frank Show. Let's get started. Welcome to the Big Frank Show. Oh, man, that's irritating. I hear you. Oh, good for you. I'm not an idiot. I, well, I know some people might think that, but like... Thank you. As we talked about last week... We went to see the Sixers against the Celtics last Friday for a preview. What are your opening thoughts with that game and all the other games, including Joel Embiid coming back this week? Uh, what's your view on the Sixers so far? So the first few games that the Sixers played in preseason looked very ugly and sloppy. Um, Fultz, we know he's developing a new shot at the time, but he 2 for 13 is just not acceptable. Um, but that was the first game he picked it up a little bit, but you still want to see a little bit more from him. Um, ben Simmons, you know, you're seeing the great passing from him. You saw that half-court alley-oop to uh, Rashawn Holmes. Um, you know, the team's looking pretty good, but I think there's a lot of room for improvement. I like how Jolo Okafor played. Um, the offensive moves in the post looked nice, as always, and I think that his defense can also still improve. Um, so let's talk about that Nets game. Um, Joel Embiid had a great game. Um, to start off the whole entire season. He hasn't played in almost a year. I think that's pretty impressive for him to come out and score 20-7. and seven. And let's hear what Coach Brown had to say about that performance last night. It was performance. I mean, he was dominant in, in what, 14 and a half minutes or 15 minutes. Um, you know, to get 18 free throws in that little amount of time and impact the game mm-hmm. the way that he did in that little amount of time. Mm-hmm. He was dominant. Um, and um, NB just looked unstoppable against the Nets, as he always does. So it's going to be scary if he's healthy. I think that he can be a real Hall of Famer. The interesting thing was Simmons wasn't out there a whole lot with Embiid, and I say it was because they wanted Embiid to get comfortable. And to me, right now, I don't think you can argue with it, the best point guard on the roster right now is T.J. McConnell. And I can definitely relate to that. I think that he absolutely is the best point guard on the team. I mean, once Fultz develops, I think he'll probably be shooting guard even because you'll have Ben Simmons bringing the ball up. But, you know, point Fultz, he can, he can handle the ball, but he still needs to develop. Right now, T.J. McConnell is the best point guard on the roster. And here's what Joel Embiid had to say about his performance last night. Uh, still, still got a lot, a lot of work to do uh, in that in that aspect. But I felt, I felt great. Uh, I was a little bit my my legs were heavy, but I've been played in what six, seven months, so it's gonna happen and it's gonna take time. And then and switching gears back to Ben Simmons, uh, he does have to improve, especially defensively. But he played a lot of minutes against the Nets, uh, but some of it was with, with Embiid, which looked pretty good. Uh, where you saw uh, Embiid in the high post, uh, passing down the low post for Simmons for an open jam, which was really nice. I think the two of them will be good together. They're just going to need a lot of time. They're absolutely going to need a lot of time. Um, You know, Embiid, as I said earlier, he has barely played in a year, and I think that he definitely needs to get back comfortable with the rotation from last year, such as Dario, T.J. McConnell, 
Um, Robert Covington, he I don't think he played. But, you know, he just needs to get comfortable with these same players. For sure. Um, the biggest problem with the Sixers has been, especially for the first three games of the preseason, has been their defense, perimeter and interior, both absolutely, completely terrible. Terrible. Defense has been terrible. But the standout performer for me this preseason, J.J. Redick. We needed a shooter like him, and he gave us shooting so far, but I think that he's going to be outstanding this year for the Sixers. And also very limited defensively, as you saw in the preseason. But the big change against the Nets was Joel Embiid. So as soon as this guy gets in the game, he's an elite rim protector, and that allows everybody to get really uh, aggressive out of defend the perimeter because if they get beat by their man, guess who's there waiting for them inside? So in general, what we're trying to say is that if Embiid, Sixers have a good chance of making playoffs. But if they don't, this team's going to look really sloppy and it's not going to be a playoff team. And I think what we also found out was the Sixers will not be a playoff team without Joel Embiid. They will not. I, I say that Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid needs to play way more games than he did last year, at least double that, because if he doesn't, then Sixers are in trouble. And speaking of Embiid, he signed a five-year, 148 mil with the 76ers. Now, injury or not, I think that he deserves it, okay? He's pure Philadelphia guy. He's got a great heart. Um, he just deserves in Philadelphia. He deserved that contract. He's uh, going to be one of the top players in the NBA for years to come if he's healthy. That's why you have to pay him the money. Uh, definitely agreed because if Embiid's out there, then the Sixers are definitely going to win. That's just how it looks as of right now. You saw the Nets game that we just talked about. Embiid's the reason they won that game. Now it's the Nets, you know, but... Some close games that you're going to need Embiid in to win those games. Absolutely. And, again, five-year, $148 million extension. Uh, And Andrew Wiggins, a few days later, signed the same max contract. And I think that for Minnesota to be that big team that want to make the playoffs, that's a crucial contract to them because I think Wiggins can really develop into that kind of player that's like superstar. I think he'll he'll need to grow a little bit. I think that this is going to be his absolute breakout year. I said that last year, but um, it's this year. <laughs> but Andrew Wiggins, I mean, he's got a great skill set, and he's surrounded by guys like Jimmy Butler, Carl um, Anthony Towns. I mean, Jeff Teague, you know, he's all right on the offense. He's a decent point guard. So I think that Andrew Wiggins, if he's surrounded by those kind of people, then he'll be a good player. So this week we're going to be doing the Western Conference predictions, as we said earlier in the show. So um, I'm here with our basketball analyst, Jacob, and we're going to have our top eight teams in the Western Conference. So, uh, Jacob, who do you have at number eight? We're going to start from the bottom and go to the top. At number eight, I actually have the Memphis Grizzlies. So All right, so Memphis, they have Conley, Gasol. Those are two solid players, but I have the Clippers. I think that... If they have Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, and they just got Patrick Beverly. I mean, he could come off the bench, but still a good addition to the team. Lou Williams is there, too. Um, if Blake Griffin doesn't get hurt, then it's going to be a good year for the Clippers, I think. Um, Seven? At seven, I have the Trailblazers. 
Um, so I also have the Trailblazers. I think that they're a good team. They're average, but they're not going to be excelling in the Western Conference because it's a great conference. Um, so they've got Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, and um, Joseph Nurkic should have a good year. So, so who do you have at number six? At number six, I have the Denver Nuggets. They have a really nice front court this year with the new signing of Millsap and Nikola Jokic. Uh, I agree with you there. I think that the front court of Denver is very powerful. I think that they'll make everyone on the court better. Um, so who do you have at number five? I've got the Minnesota Timberwolves because of Jimmy Butler, Andrew Wiggins, and Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, those three are going to be nice this year. That's why I have Minnesota at number five as well. I think that Cat uh, is going to do a lot of the team scoring this year, and Butler's really going to clamp down on defense. Now, at number four, I have the Oklahoma City Thunder because I think that Westbrook is going to have to give up a few just possessions in general because he's going to have to deal with Paul George and Carmelo Anthony out there on the same court. Um, I think it'll be a good offense, but I don't know because it's just very unpredictable. But, um, yeah, I have them at four. What are your... I have the Spurs at number four, mainly just because Kawhi's sort of on his own this year. Aldridge is kind of bummy. And I think the Thunder are actually going to have a good year. The combination of Melo, Paul George, Russell Westbrook, I think it's really going to be nice. Um, so at number three, I have the Houston Rockets. Um, so they have Chris Paul, James Harden, amazing backcourt. But then you have guys such as uh, Ariza. I think Capella have a... Capella will have a good year. I think that he'll ha- he'll have a very good improved year. But I don't know. It's just they need more all-around players to really fill out that whole entire offense and defense. I have the Rockets at number three as well, mainly because I think Harden and Paul are going to be a nice combination this year, especially with Gordon coming off the bench. Really adds to the whole three-point aspect. Um, at number two, I have the Thunder. Uh, what do you think? Uh, number two, I have the Spurs. I think that. They'll have another one of those years where it's 61 and 21 because they've got Kawhi Leonard. I think he's only getting better. Um, the guys got you have uh, guys like Gasol who are getting older, such as Tony Parker. Ginobili's over 40. This is his last year, so it's a bunch of old guys. But then you got Kawhi, um, Patty Mills. I think that's gonna be a good team. I think that they're gonna get that two seed. Um. All right. I disagree with you because Aldridge, as I said earlier, is bummy. Um, Kawhi is going to have a good year, however, but I think the trio in Oklahoma City is going to be nice this year. Now, hold on. The Spurs also got Rudy Gay, which is a good all-around player, and I think that that will help the offense and defense in San Antonio. Now, I don't really understand the Oklahoma because you got two new guys coming. I think that it's not going to fit in right right away. I think that they're going to have to get time to develop together. All right, before I prove you wrong, let's go back to the Rudy Gay thing. He can't score. He plays defense, and he barely does that. Um, but I think it is going to work out in Oklahoma City because Melo can score, Paul George can, spo- can score, Russell Westbrook, he passes the ball, he can score, he does a little bit of everything. You now, know? Hold, on, hold on. Now, Rudy Gay is a good additional player because he, in the past three years he has scored at, averaged at least 17 points per game. And although he might not be a, like one of the top scoring options on San Antonio, I think that he's still a good addition to the team, and he's very consistent in his playing. Like, last year was the first time he got hurt for a good length of the year. Before that, he's playing 70s, 80s, 80s, 70s, games per, ga- games per year. Now, honestly, I think that the Spurs have a good all-around roster, and with Kawhi, they are a better team than the Oklahoma City Thunder. 
The Spurs need shooting. Rudy Gay doesn't bring shooting to the floor. He's also a very unreliable player. Keep in mind, this is the guy that says his court vision was terrible because he had eye surgery. And a uh, little tip, you need to see the basket to shoot the ball and put it in. Okay, well, I still think that the Oklahoma City Thunder need to get themselves together. They need to get just on the court better together because in preseason, we didn't see them beat the Houston Rockets, but they didn't, they didn't have Russ. But, I mean, we'll see throughout the year. Um, who do you have at number one? I have the Warriors at number one, of course. You know, super team. Um, they're going to be a tough team to beat this year. I think they're not going to improve their record from last year, however. Um, Golden State Warriors, uh, they're going to finish on top, I agree, because they got Durant, Curry, Thompson, Dre. Um, I just think that those four players can bring them to the championship alone because I think that the Warriors are definitely the best team in the Western Conference. They're a super team. Um, whether you like the super team or not, I think that the Warriors are definitely going to win that conference and probably go to the finals. So speaking of the Western Conference, we're going to do some bold predictions. I'm still here with Jacob, and we each got three bold predictions for the NBA season, only in the Western Conference. So my first one is that Kawhi is going to win the MVP. He's the best two-way player in the league because of his defense and offensive skills. I think that he'll have a great year offensively and probably even a better year defensively, and I think that he's also the defensive player of the year. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with that. Kawhi is definitely going to be a great player in the West. Um, my second bold prediction is that the Golden State Warriors, considering that their super team is their second year together, I think that they'll crack 70 wins, as they did in 2015-16. And at that time, they didn't have Kevin Durant, but now it's their second year together, and they do have Kevin Durant. And I think that they will absolutely crack 70 wins and definitely win the championship. I think it's close with the 70 wins thing. I think they're going to fall just short, just like they did last year, whether it's somebody getting hurt, somebody going in a slump, you know? But, however, last year was their first year altogether, and they still won 67 games. Now, I think the team chemistry got better, as we saw in the finals last year. Um, but this year, I think that they'll absolutely crack 70 because they only fell three games short from last year. Um, so my third bold prediction is that Andrew Wiggins is going to be totally breakout player this year. I think that he'll probably make the All-Star game. Because um, Andrew Wiggins, um, you can just see his talent out there on the court, and he's surrounded by guys like Towns and Butler. Uh, Jacob, what do you think on that? Well, I think he's going to have a solid year. Breakout is a little bit of a stretch. He's definitely not going to make the All-Star game, especially with the talented teams that they have in the West. No, that's true, but don't forget, they're gonna be. There's gonna have captains this year, and they're gonna pick their teams. Now, I think that Wiggins. I think that I said he's gonna be a breakout player last year, and I was probably wrong. I mean, he had a good year, but I think that this year he improved. He got a new player on the court, Jimmy Butler, and I think that that gives him a lot more options just in that one player. And I think that Andrew Wiggins will definitely have a breakout year for next year. All right, on to my bold predictions. My uh, first bold prediction is the Lakers will make playoffs led by Lonzo Ball and Brooke Lopez. <laughs> I just have to laugh at that. Are you serious? I mean, like, Lo <laughs> Lonzo Ball can't even average 10 points per game in preseason. And you're expecting this team to make the postseason? I can't believe that. And, I mean, Brooke Lopez, he's a good player and all that, but... It's not just going to be him and Ball that make the playoffs. I mean, they have to get over there against the Denver. Uh, they got to make the playoffs against Portland. I mean, it's not going to happen. <laughs> um. All right. My second bold prediction is 
Um, the Clippers are going to go into a little slump, and um, they're going to fire Doc Rivers, no doubt in my mind. He will get fired by Christmas. And uh, since the Clippers will be in that slump, they're also going to look to trade DeAndre Jordan. I think a possible landing spot could be the Suns, maybe? Um, well, first of all, I think the Suns are going to be better than what they were last year, but they're not going to be contending. Um, so I don't know why would they go get DeAndre Jordan this year. I think that's kind of ridiculous in my mind, but, I mean, if you're thinking the Clippers might slump, I think that's a good possibility there, but like I said earlier, I still have them go in the playoffs because they've got a good front court and they've got some good depth because of that Houston trade with Chris Paul. My last bold prediction is Kawhi will average more points than KD. I mean, this backs on to your bold prediction with Kawhi winning MVP and Defensive Player of the Year, so it's it's a good bold prediction. It might happen. Um, I mean, I gotta, I might agree with you on that. There's some levels I can and some levels I can't because offensively, Kawhi's a good player, but then you see guys like Kevin Durant, he's a superstar. Um, you know, Skinny Kid coming into the league, and, you know, he's just... His basketball IQ is amazing, and I just think that he's a better offensive player overall. But I think that Kawhi, he could. But, I mean, his defense is absolutely better, but I don't know. It's going to be a close call there. But I, I can see where you're coming from there. I think that Kawhi Leonard can be a better offensive player than Kevin Durant this year. That's all we have on the Big Frank Show today. Remember to check us out on Twitter at Big Frank Show. Um, tune in next week's show. See you later. Yeah.